Greetings. My name is Louis Molina, and I'm the host of the Life Perot. Today, I have with me Jenny Lynn Hunter, who is our sales account manager for Drew Estate. So with that, Jenny Lynn, welcome. Hi. Welcome back. Welcome back to yes. the States, huh? Yes. This is my first time back in uh, Louisiana since last year. Okay. But I came for Fat Tuesday. <laughs> Did you really? Did you come up to well, New Orleans for Mardi Gras? Mobile on Friday, then Biloxi, uh, no, Mobile Thursday, Biloxi Friday. No, wait, sorry. Whatever whatever got me to Tuesday in New Orleans. Okay. Yeah, Monday, yeah, yeah. Jesus, I had my boss with me and he made me a little frazzled. Oh, I no. was driving from, I drove all the way out from Texas to Alabama one day, picked my boss up at the airport and then had to be like, you know, on my best behavior. Right, right. So <laughs> Until Fat Tuesday. And then he said, okay, JL, have fun. Yeah. So were you in Mobile during any like carnival celebrations? Yes, but we didn't because they brag as as like they're the first Mardi Gras in the so U.S. So hold up. So if you Google it, because I'm a big researcher okay. and I want to know my information and if it's correct or not, my I when I googled it, so Ernie's from like Mississippi okay. and my boss, um, and he also is like he lived in New Orleans and he says, yeah, Mobile. They always claim they got number one and they brought it to the states. Well, if you Google it, they did. <laughs> They are the number one, are the first people who started Mardi Gras in, in the in, U.S. In the U.S. Right. However, yeah, yeah. if you talk to New Orleans, like y'all, mm -hmm. or like, you know, anybody from Louisiana, they were like, yeah, they may have started it, but Louisiana keeps it and does it right. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, there's that. Yeah. So I think. No disrespect the, to Mobile, but like. No. When, when someone in this country wants to do Mardi Gras. Yes. New Orleans or Mobile. Yeah. And you know? I think if you have a family with small children, mm. I think Mobile and Biloxi would be your route. Now, mm -hmm. I'm not knocking New Orleans because there's a ton of parades that are family. I mean, most of them are family and they're beautiful. They're absolutely stunning. I've been to some of them. It's it's a wonderful time with families, kids. It's not yeah. like that drunken mess that you picture mm -hmm. that's does happen, but that's more if you go down into the quarter. So right. But right. anyway. But yeah, it's it's worth it. Everything. I mean, all of them. Every single one is great. They're all something different. They're beautiful. The families, the right. people, the floats, the costumes. The uh, it's amazing. Yeah. And there's so many people who travel like everywhere, all over the world that were there. Mm -hmm. Like in each one, we were like, there's just so many people. So it's yeah, fun. Yeah. yeah. No, I um I actually one of these years I hope to go to Mobile just to check it out. Yeah. But that is true in that. Anyone, however they want to celebrate Mardi Gras in Louisiana or the coast, can do it either like the family way of just calm and yeah. you know you can bring your kids out without yeah. worry, or you can do like the extreme party, like college, yeah, like get just blackout yeah. on Bourbon Street yep. and everything in between. So yeah, that, no, that's it, that's what I think is cool about now, it. Now, you know? question is why doesn't Baton Rouge do mm. it? Baton, you know, yeah. I have a little insight to that. So you go New Orleans, obviously. The cool, mm -hmm. You have it. Then you come to Baton Rouge. You don't. Then you yeah. go to Lafayette. They yeah. have one. Right. What the hell y'all doing? <laughs> so here's the thing. Mardi Gras, as I don't know if you know, it's basically a Catholic slash Christian holiday. It's when like it came, the last yes. big giant parade or, you know, just craziness before the Lenten season where you're supposed to be. A little more somber, I guess. Or, yeah, not you know. eat meat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. <laughs> or sweets or indulge. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so, Repent and recover is the Wednesday after Fat Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, nurse that hangover. 
yep. and repent for all the sins you just yep. had last night. Exactly. <laughs> and that, that tradition started in Europe. Like in the Middle mm-hmm. Ages, I think. So, which was actually started with a paganism thing. Mm. It was actually more of a celebration before spring. Had nothing to do with catharsism. It was yeah. a paganism, and uh, and it was two Spaniards that started it in the 1600s or something like that. Come on, yes. See, my research that. goes deep. Yeah, nice. <laughs> well, to, to answer your question, why it skips like the celebrations in Baton Rouge is New Orleans and Lafayette are more culturally similar in that they're both very Catholic. They have French influence, Spanish influence. Well, mostly French. Baton Rouge is more of an English origin. Like, this is like an English, English stronghold. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so they didn't celebrate the Catholic kind of oh. celebrations like New Orleans and Lafayette. However, with that being said, this town is having more and more parades. It's just not on Mardi Gras Day. Gotcha. Like, they have a big one called Spanish Town on, on the Saturday before Mardi Gras Oh, Which is kind of like the Endymion for yeah. Baton Rouge. Mm-hmm. It's like it's big. It's kind of crazy. Really, I've never actually been to it, but I've heard. Yeah, it's like. Do they have floats and all of that? Kind yeah, of stuff? they have floats. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you guys have something. Yeah, but not on Mardi Gras Day. It seems yeah. to stop. Now they just had a new crew on Lundy Gras Night, which is the Monday night before mm-hmm. uh, Fat Tuesday. But I hadn't been to that. I think I think I, I heard it's more of like a family. That's kind cool. of yeah, yeah, crew, and then they have one right here across the street in our neighborhood, really? uh, the crew of South Downs. Yeah, that's kind of nice. Mm-hmm. You just step outside your house. I love that. Yeah, yeah, I it's more it's, neighborhood. Yeah, I know. I love yep. it. And people just step outside. They set up their cookers and whatever they're gonna grill, yeah. and they just it's just smoke so, cigars. Yeah, they smoke yeah. cigars. They all hang out. Yeah. Everybody's like, hey, come over here. It's just it's family oriented. Mm-hmm. I love it. I think it's great. Yeah, yeah, and it kind of reminds me of. Um, when my friends and I went to Pamplona, Spain, mm-hmm. to see the running of the bulls. Oh, that's badass. It's kind of the same yeah. in that there are some aspects that can be kind of crazy and of drunk. Yeah. But a lot of it, like you go into these little neighborhoods, it's very family oriented. Yeah. So that's, yeah. you know, I think it's kind of cool. I love that. I mm-hmm. think that's wonderful. Did you yeah. smoke any good cigars over there? I did. I brought a lot of my own. You should. But they don't have a lot of distribution it, over there. Yeah. Is Drew Estate, do you know offhand if they have any in distribution Spain? in Spain right now? I'm not sure. I know that we have it in now Hungary, Bulgaria, okay. um, Turkey, somewhere. There was somewhere else. Uh, that we are moving that okay. way. Like It's hard over there because like every country has their own way of taxing and and I guess their laws yeah. on tobacco are completely different and so far different. They're so completely different than ours or yeah. any other country they're next to. So, like, some countries don't even allow to uh, import tobacco into them. So, like, it's just – it's a lot. So. Yeah. And with that being said, like the tobacco cost just to ship it or export it, it's a whole mm-hmm. it's a whole kerfuffle. But we're working there because actually they're wanting more of our tobacco here or not here, but our tobacco that the manufacturers in America are making. Yeah. Well, not in America, but yeah, what's available, you, I guess, in the American market. Yes. Europe wants now, too, because Cubans last mm-hmm. year went up almost $100 per cigar. Oh, it's crazy. So, like, yeah. if you go anywhere. Like the Cohiba, yeah. Yeah, it's, a Cohiba, yeah. like, whatever. A Cohiba number two or whatever. It is. No, it's not. It's a Partagas number yeah, yeah. two. It's, like, $75 for a freaking Bellicoso. Like, what the yeah. hell? Like, I mean, some people got that kind of dough. But if you're just looking to, like, you know, buy a box and you're going to spend $1,500 on a box, it's just a little insane. Like, when you can go buy something Nicaraguan-based. Yeah, like and an Undercrown. Like, yeah. what would this retail? Like, 8 to or 10, 10 bucks? bucks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 
So, but again, yeah. it's completely different. So, but they're asking and they're wanting more stuff from us. So not just Drew Estate, but all manufacturers. So like, yeah, all the non-Cuban mm-hmm. type of manufacturers. Yes. And um, mm. InterTabac is their like PCA. Okay. And um, have you been? No, I'm not international. I've been uh, trying to get on that team. If y'all yeah. out there listening, right? Exactly. <laughs> jail's ready. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I've always wanted to go check out that. Trade oh my show. gosh, yeah, it's amazing. It's hmm. it's it's kind of funny though because like I've only seen it online, and I've obviously talked to some of our ambassadors, like Pedro Gomez. Mm-hmm. He is one of their spokesmen there, obviously, because he's a spokesman for us here in the states. Mm-hmm. And he says it's wonderful, but it's very different. It's very. Like some of our events are kind of crazy yeah. and people say what they want and have all the fun. But this is like more refined, like more, more gentlemen, refined, like, yeah. more posh. Yeah, yeah. You know, people wear suits. The European and sentiment kind of yes, thing. Yes. Yeah. And they're they're actually starting to smoke a little bit heavier than their typical prior. So over there, cigars are probably two times what they cost here. So for a European person, it's harder to smoke four to five cigars a day because that would be like a thousand dollar budget a day. And like people don't have money like that. Right. Mm -hmm. So they tend to smoke less, which makes them go lighter in profile. So but now they're getting different cigars imported that are a little bit cheaper than Cuban. So they're starting to smoke a little bit more and they're asking for more of those more bodied cigars like our Liga Pravada, our Undercrown 10. So they're asking for more heavier bodied, which that has never really happened. I've been in this industry for like 25 years and European market has always been like medium, slightly medium full or lighter bodied. Right. So, but I think it's cool. So like the whole, the whole tobacco world is going to change in the next 10 years, a thousand percent. So Yeah. yeah, in Europe, in the international markets. Here. And then, yeah, the ramifications it has for America. Because um, yep. I heard, I'm not going to reveal the manufacturer, but one manufacturer has been plagued with back orders. We just kind of learned why. And we thought maybe it was like lack of rollers or supply chain issues. It's they're trying to allocate some of the product to the international market. And yeah. they just can't, like, it's swallowing up. Availability for the American consumer. Okay, so let me ask you this from a consumer point of view mm-hmm. or a retailer point of view, not a manufacturer point of view. If you have been doing business with certain partners, like mm-hmm. say a retailer, we'll start with retail, then we'll go to consumer. Okay. You've been doing business with the retailer for 20 years. You've always had a nice supply. Of course, things back ordered, that's normal. That's that's the right. product. It's right. com- you know, it's a product. So with that being said, That manufacturer decides to take the allotment and take your allotment and cut it down by 25, even if it's 65%, because I know exactly who you're talking about, and you don't see that product on the shelves. So they take it and they cut it 65% because they're serving, they're serving, you know, they open more people in America and they're now serving an international market. Asia or the Middle East. So how does that make you as a retailer who's been supporting them for 20 years Ask and and you're not asking for anything more than they've been giving you, and they can't give you it. No. What? How does that make you feel? Like, does that make you want to still support that manufacturer? Like, what is that? So, like my view of that is okay. I understand, but I mean, in my view, they also should have like prepared for that and maybe only kind of, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, increase the, the the supply for the international market step by step. Yep. To take care of the market that built you, mm-hmm. but. All right, then I'm just going to have to adapt. I'm not going to get mad about it. I'll find another supplier who is hungry and wants to get on the shelf. 
Yeah. So I feel this is a good time for like say the new companies or the boutiques coming into the yeah. you know the the scene to give them a shot. Um, but yeah, I, I just I don't know. I, I just I, always wonder because I don't you, take it personal. But it's not personal because it's, like, it's business. It is kind of like disappointing. It is. But it's like all right. Well, I mean, there's plenty of other people I can go but to. But imagine the consumer who's been supporting you with yeah. that brand right, for right, twenty right, years. Right. How does that? So you yeah. are a business mindset. You have others to choose from. But that consumer mm. is like heart set oh, on man. that brand. Yeah, that, that's a tough. That's yeah. where it's hard because that's when you, as the retailer, have to tell them that it's back ordered. They don't believe you. They go to online. They go to other channels or go to other stores. Whatever it is, but it makes you look like you're lying. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know. So that's the difficult part, and that's. That's where I'm always wondering, like, how retailers yeah. mitigate that, like, because it is a difficult conversation because retailer, yeah. I mean, consumer, retailer to consumer, consumers, no offense out there, right. but y'all don't do your homework <laughs> or you well, don't read. And, and there's like an asymmetric information kind of thing going on, right? They don't mm-hmm. always know what we're dealing with. Yep. We don't always know what the manufacturer is doing either. Yep. So it's a weird kind of. Yep. So I get like, you know, consumers even have told us like, man, you're just not ordering it from us. It's like, you know, or from the manufacturer. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. and we try to be transparent and civil. It's like, I mean, look, it's hurting me. I want to sell it. Yes. I, I want to have it. Yep. It's not. And, and I feel like we do, a, a, a you know, maybe an average to above average, um, like ordering kind of yeah. uh, procedure. Like we're, we're not the shop that just waits on a rep to come in to no. order. Yeah. Like if we need it, like we're going to be yeah, proactive. Yeah, order it. Yeah. Uh, we'll email or call whatever we got to do. Um, so it's not like we're the ones. No, I know, but but and the, sometimes it can, but, but like consumer, most of the time it's not. Consum- but they don't believe that, right? Yeah, sometimes. And I get it. Yes, I get it. Yes, and mm-hmm. like you obviously have your loyal customers like that don't go to other businesses or whatever, mm-hmm. and they may go to online here or there, but yeah. But then if they find it at another store. Because right. that store doesn't sell yep. it like you yep. do. Now yeah, you yeah. become in that space that you are the liar, yep. right? But you're not. It's yep. just you sell it more than that other mm-hmm. brick and mortar down the road yep. or more than the person selling it online or whatever, wherever they found it. Oh, you know? we've, so, we, yeah, we've had the same thing. Like, we'll have a certain SKU that just doesn't sell here. Yep. Someone comes in and sees it, and he's like, man, that's back ordered online and everywhere. I can't get it. Like, yep. y'all have it. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, and I'll tell – and I, I, I'll actually tell him, like, yeah, we just don't sell it. Like, everywhere else maybe – yeah, sells out different just, demographics mm-hmm. everywhere. I mean, you could yeah. be five miles down the road from another shop. You have different right. demographics than they do. It's yeah, just the way it goes. It's the way the cookie crumbles. <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad you brought that kind of dynamic to, you know, just the conversation because a lot of a lot of end consumers don't know that. Well, Heck, so, I think some retailers and manufacturers don't understand like yes. what we we know or don't know. Yes, and for a man if now speaking on the manufacturing side, mm-hmm. we distribute or we make not just distribute, but we sell Liga Pravada, mm-hmm. and Liga Pravada is a brand that you can only get in certain of our retailers because they've uh, done business with us, they've they support us, we support them, and the program is called Drew Diplomat Program, mm-hmm. which you all know because you're in it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but again. Of insights to people listening that but again don't understand agreed like a lot of the consumers don't understand but mm-hmm. like some consumers will go to a liquor chain that has mm-hmm. Liga Pravada in it and say well I go to my brick and mortar all the time why don't they have it and down the road you can go to the liquor chain with the walk-in humidor that has it and why and then you have to explain that one scenario they don't know how to sell Liga Pravada right. they don't right. have people like you who are actual like cigar aficionados and know what they're talking about yeah. and 
and can sell it. Like certain products don't sell in those kinds of markets because they don't have the staff nor the mm -hmm. time to train their staff because it's a liquor store. Their primary yep. business is liquor, you know? Yeah. So a lot of, I get that a lot, a lot from my consumers at mm. events. Like when I'm doing an event with you or whomever, it doesn't matter. I get that all the time. Like, well, why did they sell it? And I'm like, well, they have it because they don't know what they have. And I right. said, have you ever tried to smoke one out of one of those humidors? And, you know, I get the mixed reviews. Well, they don't take care of it. And I said, well, this is why you go to the brick and mortars and you get it when you get it. And then when it's gone, you'll get it next month because, yeah, yeah. you know, it comes in small allotments. We don't want that brand to just sit all over the place. We want you to buy it, smoke it, enjoy it and get ready for the next allotment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> have you seen the Liga Pravada allocation? Like, how has that changed? Have they um, so caught up or... Still kind of like, so, I know there are issues with certain tobacco components. Like, everyone's been playing with the Connecticut Broadleaf. Well, yeah. Well, um, Broadleaf, you know, so it's funny about Broadleaf. So, Broadleaf, back in the day, was a leaf that nobody wanted. We used it for filler leaf, right? Like, nobody was mm. ever going to use it for a wrapper. It was too oily. It was too thick. It was too hard to manipulate, right? And it's grown in Connecticut, which is a volatile market for mm. the tobacco meaning like the weather the the, the raid i mean there's so many oh. components to growing that it's very difficult so um and there's not a lot of growers anymore like a lot of those farmers mm -hmm. that used to grow tobacco in connecticut they sold off because they couldn't make any money they needed to feed their families so they sold their properties and you know houses went up or you know dollar store yeah. <laughs> who knows but there's not that many of them out there wow. so um when Broadleaf, when we used Broadleaf on Liga Bravada, we brought this leaf to life. But before that, it was used primarily by the the weed channel. Well, it wasn't oh, weed back yeah. in the day. It was Philly Blunts. Okay. But everybody kind of knows Phillies, right. you know. We know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So, Everyone knows. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So back in the day, Broadleaf was Philly. Like, you were smoking Philly blunts. I mean, obviously, you weren't smoking the Philly blunt unless you cracked it open and put the other stuff in there. Yeah, but yeah. I'm that's sure there are some is. aficionados of like Philly, like, yeah. just smoking as it is. Like, ah, this is a great vintage. Yeah, this is like Broadleaf. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is before Broadleaf was Broadleaf. Yeah. <laughs> but no. But so, anyway, so with that mm -hmm. being said, that's what, that's, so... Now we still contend with that because the weed industry is now legal in certain states and so forth and so on. And Ooh. it's growing massively. And we are fighting for the same tobacco that they use for their certain, I don't know, like whatever they wrap their. Yeah, their they're in competition with the same product we yes. use, huh? Yes. Oh, mm -hmm. man. I didn't think about the, the cannabis sector. Yes. So the cannabis huh. sector is also pulling for that market. Now it's mm. not just Drew Estate who uses Broadleaf. Now it's like every other company that you know of is going to try and get some of that tobacco. So, and again, where it's grown is very difficult. So it, it gets, uh, you know, it'll have like, there was like a, I forget what it's called, but it's like a little tornado on land. It's called like a micro spurt or something like that. Oh. It took out yeah. like a, the, the whole crop like two oh, or three man. years ago, maybe five now. I don't know. I've been doing this a long time, but it ruined two or three crops, which then in turn doesn't ruin what's happening now. It ruins like two to five years down the line, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is what we felt last year when legal was, mm. you know, desecrated in the market because we just didn't have enough. Yeah. And so now it's 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 better. It's not perfect but it's better so mm -hmm. yes you will see more of it in the market and we just um added to our Liga Pravada 9 h99 and h99 is a uh it's a hybrid so you're getting the best of two worlds you're getting a creo and you're also getting a broadleaf and we might take the seeds and it 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 
it's not number nine or T52 body. T52 is going to be that stock cut. So you're mm-hmm. going to get a little bit more bite, a little bit more fullness in the beginning. I mean, it's still strong and it's still delicious, but it's a little bit stronger than number nine. Number nine's a broadleaf, right? So it's going to have that oily, the smoke, the just the naturally heavy smoke. But then H99 falls beneath that. It is more a medium, depending on your palate, could be full, but if you're a smoker, it's medium bodied, okay. earthy, it's yeah. well balanced. It's not a powerhouse. It's not, that's not what it was meant for. And I feel like people see it and they're like expecting that number nine or T52 yeah. pop and it's not. Yeah, it's totally it's, different. It's completely yeah. different. And it's meant to be that. We yeah. needed something else mm-hmm. to to mitigate, like some people can't smoke Liga because it's too strong. Yeah, yeah. So we wanted something that was of our 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 top line, our crown, mm-hmm. if you will, not the underground. Right, like this one? Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> not like this one either, yeah. which I love regular underground. I haven't smoked it in a very long time. I've been stuck on underground 10 for a minute. Okay. And I, I was like, oh, I haven't You're Going had... back to the classic. Yes, yeah. it's so good. Yeah, so good. Anyway, but back to that. So H99 is meant to be a medium, slightly full, depending on your palate, earthy, beautiful. It's really well-balanced, easy cigar. So if you're not like a Liga number 9 or T52 person, I would definitely try H99. Definitely, 100%. And shameless plug, we have it available for sale in store and online. Mm So yeah. And H99, y'all started too with the Papas Papas Fritas size, the little small format. We didn't start or with not. That. I mean, just offer it. Yeah, initially so, or, or early on. Um, or no, no. So we did the lottery. Do you remember? And oh. during COVID, we did the lottery for Liga Ten, our anniversario, the ten count black box, yeah. and then we did the lottery for H ninety nine Toro or Robusto, which whatever one. But we did a lottery for it in the beginning because we didn't have enough products. So okay. now it comes out. Well, H99 and Liga 10 come out with your allocation. Okay. You're not getting five boxes. You're getting like one or two, if that, you know, because it again, it's Liga. It ages longer than any of our tobaccos. So it takes longer to get to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and especially if we don't have the tobacco and if it's not ready, we're not a company that's going to put anything out there subpar. It's mm-hmm. just not going to happen. We, we, we make cigars. We're not growers. We're not. Anything else where we don't claim to be like the guy in the tobacco field or the woman in the tobacco field growing the tobacco. That is not our thing. We'll buy everybody's tobacco and we'll make the best mm. cigars in the market. Yeah. My opinion. I know I'm biased. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I love, hope you are. Yeah. I do love a lot of other brands, though, I will say. But I love Drew Estate. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. They're easy to smoke. I, you know, they're good. I mean, you've got a, such a good base of of a portfolio, like I can hit anybody's palate. Don't matter. Mm-hmm. It does not matter who you are, what you do, what you like. I got it for you. And leading into that, actually. Yeah, yeah. Here you go. So we have this thing called Freestyle Live. And um, I'm pretty sure you've probably seen it. We started it during COVID, actually, mm-hmm. when um, we were all stuck at home doing nothing and we were playing on Facebook or Instagram. We were definitely, you know, drinking more, smoking more, loving life more. But anyway, We started this, and this is our way of allowing consumers as well as our retailers to try products before we actually launch them as either a brand, a line extension, or what have you. So right now, you can probably go to shops around the country that have picked up these kits called Freestyle Live. They're like orange and red, and this is Drew Estate, Freestyle Live on it. There are three cigars that come within the pack. And I'm not telling you what they are because they won't be revealed until March 14th. But I will go over 
I will ask your opinion on them in a second. But I hadn't smoked also, it. I hadn't smoked it yet. I'm going to though. Oh, yeah. you haven't? No, no, Damn. no. I know. Well, I gotta buy one now. <laughs> yeah. No, we sent you some. Oh yeah, we did. Yeah. You get. You get. We Wait, sent... I don't think Pop sent me that. Oh, he kept it for himself. Yeah, probably. <laughs> oh, I was thinking today. I want to tell. Yes, because you guys had That's two right. kids. That's right. Yeah, you gave us. Yeah. 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 We always give the retailers sample, yeah. definitely something to sample so that you can all as well, so you don't have to buy the kit because oh. obviously we're all here. You know, retail and manufacturer, we're here. It was a partnership. We're going to make you money. You're going to make us money. It's a partnership, mm -hmm. right? But anyway, so going back to the kit, inside the kit, you're going to get three free cigars in the black uh, pouch. And then you're also going to get a freestyle ticket that has a QR code on it. And on that QR code, all you do is like every other QR code, you point your camera to it and, you know, hit it, put your information in. This QR code registers you to win prizes these prizes aren't a cutter they're not an ashtray they are actual real prizes like money computers i mean we gave remember away what, there was one you did a, you gave away yes. a bitcoin yeah a bitcoin yeah, like yeah. people yes and all you have oh. to do is put your information in and you're registered oh. and you don't even have to join the party and even or the reveal party on march 14th to know what the actual cigars are going to be you can still win we post all the winners on our website drewestate.com right 24 hours after it is um we do the freestyle live on facebook or youtube you can tune in on to yeah. either whatever yeah you just go to the drew estate channel huh just yeah. type in drew estate mm -hmm. cigars it'll pop up yep yeah. and then um after you do that, then you can get into the kit. And the kit gives you some like little cool things. So they give you a wristband that you can hook your keys to, a lighter and a cutter. The cutter dubs as a uh, cigar rest, and yeah. it's heavy. Yeah, it's so, heavyweight. It's yeah, nice. It's, it's a nice. Yeah. It's not like a Like a cheap, flimsy, like, yeah. yeah, plastic. Yep. Yeah. And the kit. And the lighter. I like the lighter. It's like a longer torch yep. lighter. It's got the window. You can see yep. the uh, butane. And, and for men who don't like bulky things, I mean, this may be a little tall for your pants pocket, but it's easy to keep in a car. Mm -hmm. It's to keep in your um your carry your, not your carry on but the oh like a travel humidor yeah travel humidor oh, okay. yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I use a plastic bag so yeah. <laughs> I'm a little I'm ghetto low too. when it comes to that but yeah. yes it's very slim so it fits anywhere it's butane it's a single shot it'll light your cigar mm -hmm. it doesn't take 45 minutes and if you're in a windy field it does hold up I mean I'm not saying if you are sitting in front of a windstorm it's gonna hold up but if it's a yeah. little windy the the flame will hold yeah. so but you get all this for uh, a value price at so we sell it for 45 but we have a discount code for free shipping. Boom. So 45 all day, free Drew. So F-R-E-E-D-R-E-W at our website at shop.habanaport.com. Boom. So we have a few left. So yeah, we've already we've sold that. We we're almost I know sold you had it. You ordered yeah. You were I know, like, we can I have another... one more kit? I'm yeah, like, yeah. I hope I can get one from another territory. Did y'all sell out? Always, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I have to... Typically, I, I know, like, you all always do it. So I know who's going to do it, so I allocate you one. Oh, cool. yeah. But even though you have two stores, I still allocate just one just because I have mm -hmm. to be fair, right? Mm -hmm. I even yeah, do it to the people cool. who have five stores. It doesn't matter. But uh, if other territories can't sell out of their allotment, I can uh -huh. grab it or another TM can grab it. So we can, we can manipulate it. So that's why I was able to get you another one. But these are going to be great. So let me tell you a little bit about this cigar because there are so many mixed reviews about this cigar oh, okay. out there on Facebook, Instagram, wherever you guys chat. It is loved 
and hated. Uh-oh. Like literally split down the middle. So this cigar is built to be a mild cigar. Drew okay. Estate doesn't have a mild cigar in our portfolio. We have the Underground Shade, which you're smoking right yeah. now. That is a medium to mild. Okay. It's not that traditional mild where like... If you came up to me and you said, what is the mildest smoke I would offer, Mm. would be that. And that's not mild. That's not what you considered a mild. It's not a traditional mild. This is a traditional mild cigar. So people are a little like kind of put off by it because they were like, we were expecting a little bit more from this. And I'm like, well, it's meant to fit a certain bucket and within our portfolio that that reminds me of when padrone not to blow up another manufacturer oh, when I they mean, released the damaso remember the damaso yeah, the white yes, banded padrones yes, people, people of, hated that yep but now they but, but it, they weren't hard tar- the family wasn't targeting the, uh-uh. their traditional fans mm-hmm. they were trying to get like the really mild like think yeah. of the ashton uh, uh classics, classics or davidoffs yep monte cristo number yeah. two i never thought of that drew estate is, was kind of missing that too no because nice. we have underground shade okay. we have hoya connecticut or hoya antonio but, ct but that's not a real like no. true mile and then we have 20 acre farm not a oh, true yeah. mile that's a medium build mm-hmm. like slightly medium light depending on your palate like yeah. i smoke all the time and it's still a medium to light bodied for me um, and that's it, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. and then huh. Nika Rustica's medium, you know, right. you keep moving up. We have nothing that is actual for that person yeah, yeah. who wants something creamy and really mild. Yeah. Oh, you can smoke it first thing in the morning and, and you'll with be a fine. Couple, oh, totally. Yes. Totally. Like you won't get woozy or anything. It's like low nicotine. Nope. It's, uh, the nicotine. I mean, again, I smoke so much. How my, many cigars my, do you smoke a day? A lot. <laughs> I mean, it depends. If I'm driving, like I'm right. driving across the South right now. Six, probably. Seven. If I'm in my car for an hour, I have one cigar. Right. If I'm in my car for two, I have it. So I drove from Texas, Austin, Texas, all the way to Alabama. Takes you about like 13 hours with traffic and pee stops, if you will, and mm-hmm. gas and whatnot. I probably smoked eight cigars, maybe nine. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, because, you know. I'm trying to be good, so you know. But yeah, yeah so I smoke a lot. So no, on I my appreciate daily... that. I'm, I'm the same way. Yeah, oh, I'm yeah. always. If I could, I'd just be having a cigar all day. Me too. And yeah. people like people. My boss riding with me. He's like, "Damn, girl! Like yeah. already you're smoking. Like we're not even at breakfast yet. Like it's yeah. 8 a.m. and I got one lit up. And he's like, "Holy moly!" Because oh, yeah. I don't. I don't know. I I love cigars. Mm-hmm. I just love mm-hmm. them, especially like, and I guess this is like a cigarette thing, even though I, I'm not a cigarette smoker, never was, blah, blah, blah. But this, like when people like eat a big meal or a steak meal, they go smoke and they feel like great. I love a cigar after a big meal. Yeah. So I can understand, helps, yeah. you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I would never smoke a cigarette. No, you're like a true is... cigar nerd. Like, yes, that's what I appreciate I, about. <laughs> I love yeah, it. I know. <laughs> I know. And people think that uh, like people like us are weird. I know. It's like, Man, y'all are gonna die soon. It's like I personally pop- don't believe it. And I'm not you know, yeah. like, claiming any medical. Like there's well, a risk. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? It's like uh, who was that? I think someone had asked Warren Buffett years ago. Like, man, you're a big fan of Coca-Cola. Aren't you afraid it's gonna you know it's gonna kill you? It's like, yeah, probably. But you know what? I'm happier. Yeah. If I die, I die. But and look at him. He's like 90 something years old. Well, he Drinks just like died. a ton. No, no, not Warren Buffett. Oh, he's number Warren, two. Not Warren, not Charlie Warren. Munger. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, he's number sorry. two. Gotcha. But I think he also yeah. like drank Coca Cola and all that. Yeah. yeah. Listen, if you like, when you see the the old people on the news, like the really like 105, yeah, yeah. they just had their 105th birthday and they put yeah, it on yeah. the news. What do they say they do? They whiskey. smoke yeah. and whiskey. Yeah, yeah. Like, and it's usually it's not like, cigarettes. To be honest, right. it's usually a cigar right. or some kind of like non chemical ridden tobacco. Mm-hmm. But 
it's definitely like, you know, they getting that whiskey in. <laughs> I know, exactly. That's a preservative. It's probably yes. like, yeah. Yes, I know. I think it's so funny. People are like, and then the ones that are super healthy and don't eat meat and da-da-da, all of a sudden they have cancer. They're dying two months later. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, you should have had a beer. <laughs> the founder of the Power Bar. Remember the Power Bar? He was, he was. Oh, yeah, the Power Power Bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Old school. He was a marathon runner. He died like oh, in yeah. his 50s. Yep. So. I think he ran himself into the grave. Now, I'm Pop not saying like kidding. that's like every case. Uh, oh, no, there's not but, an every case but I and think, everything. I think it's because we've had this discussion all the time on the podcast. I think whatever you're doing or whatever activity you're engaging, if you really derive happiness and like a relaxed, like lower the heart rate, mm -hmm. that could be the trick. I mean, you could probably just have a placebo, like just a, like a stick. You're not even inhaling. Just yeah. If you like somehow like that gives you pleasure to sit, you know, force you to sit down, yeah. I mean, it might help you relax, you know? Yeah. That so who knows? and so the FDA, you know, is, we're always fighting the FDA yeah. up there, especially Drew Estate because we have acid and we have yeah. a lot of non traditional brands, not in flavored, yeah. just infused or non traditional. And they fall in that, that category that we think that, well, that, you know, marketing to children or like, you know, all this nonsense, which really they're they're marketing the vape, right? Like they want to get rid of vape yeah, yeah. because vape is really hitting the kids. And it is. It's, mm -hmm. you know, juicy, fruity and all these kinds of crazy things. It does. And that hooks them. You know? It does because it doesn't taste like tobacco. It tastes like a Fruit Loop, yeah, yeah. you know. So it's a completely different experience than when I was a kid. And and if you wanted to try a cigarette, you're smoking a Marlboro or some kind of cigarette that's real, right? Like a Camel, and you're gonna choke to death because it's disgusting, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, but not with vape. Like vape tastes like mm -hmm. Fruit Loops or candy or gum or whatever. So, but with the FDA, like trying to come down and and do flavor ban and like like. FDA wants like flavors off the market, premium, non-premium, whatever. But the FDA also markets tobacco, right? Like they don't market it, but they regulate it. So what's the number one selling cigarette in the world, do you think? Flavor-wise. Like, Flavor? Like yeah. flavored cigarette? Yeah. Mm hmm. Hmm. I don't even know of any flavored cigarettes. Well, like the only flavored cigarette really is mint. Uh, menthol. Menthol. Oh, yes. yeah. Cool. So well, I don't know, maybe yeah. but just Newport, some, some but, menthol. But yeah. it's the number one oh. selling cigarette across the entire world. Yeah. There is no way in hell they're gonna tell like a premium manufacturer that doesn't have any defining like body. Oh. Like there's no defining uh, like flavor. Yeah, yeah. yeah, in any of our tobacco, there's not. We don't pull cherry. We don't. We don't do berry. We don't do any of that. It's all infused and like acids infused with botanicals and enrichments. You can't pull vanilla out of that. You can't. You could because everybody's preferential taste is different than mine. But I can't. Like it's just it's infused. It's not flavored. And there are two different processes there. So, um, but going back to the FDA's own ruling, their own scientific. Facts and rulings Drew Estate took and used against them because basically oh, wow. they were they were saying that like flavors are this. Well, flavors are defining characteristic, but tell me which characteristic in like acid can you pull out? You can't. Yeah. So if the FDA like ever really did a like a flavor ban across the country, which I don't think they can, I think it's going to be more state ridden because states have more control oh, over yeah. their state, which we've mm -hmm. already seen. Massachusetts has one. I don't know. Somebody else had. There's a, like three states or four states that have it. Yeah. I think even Colorado. California, I think parts of it, or at yeah, least oh, certain yeah. jurisdictions like local. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. But even that, that gets a little funky with like the mm. laws because if you're in one jur 
jurisdiction that abuts another, mm-hmm. are you allowed? You know, like, so it's just a shit show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't think uh, we just won a big thing on that anyway. But I think that going going forward, I think we did a really good thing. Like we we have uh, Drew Estate hired an entire legal team that works in our warehouse in Rhode in Rhode Island, no, <laughs> in Miami, uh, in in our fa- in like our warehouse, like our offices is connected to our warehouse. They are there twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, fighting for not oh. just Drew Estate's rights, but everybody who smokes something that isn't mm. deemed traditional. So yeah. or just deemed traditional. I mean, they're always trying to tax the, our 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 right to smoke out of business you know like it's awful so yeah, that's pretty noble like i didn't realize i mean i knew drew estate was putting or they were putting in money to fight the league legalities uh oh, with no, this we have, stuff but like we've it's have, really helping out the whole industry big money yeah, yeah, yeah. pca does the same thing yeah. they lobby CRA, against it yeah 100 yeah. percent. Yep. yep and so like anybody Everybody thought that we dropped out of PCA and that we didn't support everybody's, you know, right to our right to fight for tobacco. Right. But that's not true. We always remained members. We always paid our dues. We just didn't go to the show Mm -hmm. for reasons. Who knows? I'm the low girl on the street. I'm not ivory tower. You can ask that to somebody else. (laughs) But with that being said, you know, I think that. It was a misconception that Drew yeah, Estate, yeah. and not just Drew Estate, the other yeah, the, people. Uh, there was Altidus, Davidoff, uh, Davidoff General, yeah. or yes. SCG. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. That, but it's there were other. But, but all our incentives are aligned, right? We all yes. want to. We all want to be able to smoke what we want to smoke yeah. when we want to smoke it, and mm-hmm. not be taxed out the asshole. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. Uh, for it, you mm-hmm. know. So. With that being said, like we all are doing our fights. You guys, as retailers, do yours. Mm-hmm. You like you guys, like yeah. We go to the state yes. capital here and mm-hmm. have to yep. fight constantly. I was yes. just there in the last session. Really good. Yeah, I forgot it was. Um, they were trying to. It was some sort of revenue issue. Um, with tobacco. Know. Yeah, I think with cigars. Oh, that's what it was. Someone in northern Louisiana put in a bill. I think either to like eradicate the excise tax for Louisiana. Oh. Oh yeah, I heard, I heard about this. Yeah. yeah, but it wasn't really planned well, unfortunately. Um, we got like noticed like the day before, so I'm like, oh, unfortunately, I'm in Baton Rouge, so I was able to go the next day and yeah. kind of give our take. And man, there was this one guy from Denham Springs, I think, or somewhere in Livingston Parish, and I wish I knew his name, I'd blow him up. But uh, he was like so vocal, like I don't know, no, like he was anti-tobacco, and you know, I told him like with, with, with respect. I mean, regardless of what your views are on tobacco, this is a revenue issue. Yeah. Like there's another session for like that. What you feel? Yeah, but he just he was irrational and just I'm gonna have to get that name and blow him up because I mean he's in an area that's typically conservative, usually like pro tobacco. I'm sure his constituents don't even know his stance on that. Like they would probably vote him out if they found out. Yeah, Yeah. but I'll have to find that out and just blow him up. Yeah, Um, or you know expose who he is and you know. Yeah. Um, But yeah, we're constantly having to fight. You know everything from like the local, the state, national. Yep. And then you've seen like the generational band um, uh, movement. Have you, are you familiar with that? So in Switzerland, Switzerland they passed anybody after 2021 yeah. or 2020. I don't remember the exact date. Yeah. But anybody born after that date cannot buy tobacco yeah. in that country. Yeah, I think that's the next. <laughs> I think that's the next playbook for the anti-tobacco. You think for America? People. I don't think they'll. They're be trying. Able to... There were a few jurisdictions that that already put that in. I don't know if they actually passed it. For, 
to try and say that you can't um, buy tobacco after you were. Yeah, yeah, I I I think it was um, California, right? And I think it's a city, like, or a few cities in California that yeah, are trying was, that. Yeah, I did mm-hmm. read something about that because yeah. they were trying to do that with um, electric vehicles as well. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah. what the hell? So then I started, you know, researching more about, like, if they're going to do that to electric or oil, you know, fed cars, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're definitely going to try to do it to yeah. tobacco. Those people are crazy. Which I'm <laughs> sure, like, this topic has been explored by numerous other podcasts and other media. I mean, we saw what happened this past winter when it got so cold, these electric cars couldn't even start. Because, I mean, the temperature was like, they, they can only like operate in a certain temperature range. Listen, like, how are they going to uh, account for that? I don't know. You know. I'm I'm not completely against, like, I'm. Yeah, I'm not I'm against not electric either. I'm not completely against it. I just don't see the infrastructure for right. it. And I understand that they're trying to build it, blah, blah, blah. But I, I honestly don't. I live in Texas, okay? Yeah. I live in Austin, which is growing by the droves, yeah. right? So. Our infrastructure, when I moved there six years ago, couldn't support the the, the infrastructure for electricity. Couldn't even support what they already had. Wow. Now you have a million plus in city in different in different cities around Austin that are moving in and they're building and building. Mm-hmm. We don't have water. We don't have electricity for these people. But so, but they want us to have electric cars. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't get it. it's and then you got Musk's Elon Musk out there with his. Uh, with its giant plant, you know, yeah. ruining. I don't know. I yeah. don't know. It's crazy. It is. It's nuts. That's a whole other issue. But I'm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, now to pivot, where? So you, where did you? When did you start in the cigar industry, and where were you from? Because you're. Um, I was from. Well, I'm. You're, I'm originally from California, but when I started in the cigar industry, I was in New England. Okay. Um, I went to UNLV. I worked at Casa Fuente. I didn't know what Casa Fuente. I didn't meant. know you worked at Casa Fuente. I worked there for like eight months, hmm. right? Okay. End of my degree. Okay. And um, I had no idea what Casa Fuente. I wasn't a smoker, like at yeah. all. I, I was. You actually didn't know more, it was like a landmark for the cigar industry. I yeah. didn't know. The yeah. girls. So I worked at the Bellagio. I I was cocktail waitressing. I was always a bartender through my college career. Okay. But in in Vegas, there's a lot of steps you have to get to to become a bartender. So mm. especially in those big properties like the Bellagio, MGM, oh. and so forth. So there's a lot of different things you have to do. So with that being said, I was a cocktail waitress. So but you had to wear basically a bra and underwear, right? Like I didn't want to do that. Like don't get me wrong, I was in my early 20s. I looked dope. It had nothing to do with my <laughs> like. Oh, I feel uncomfortable. It just I didn't want to do that. It's not something right. I wanted to do for me. And well, it's I'm, not sustainable, right? That's only a short, like a, a limited no, shelf life, right? Hell no. no. Some girls have been working that floor for 40 years, and what? they are great. They look good. They're cute. I mean, they're older, but they still rock that shit. Yeah, hell no. But you got to maintain that, right? Yeah, but I mean, you're walking miles. Oh, yeah. yeah, they get exercise. It has nothing to do with their arms. Are, yeah, no. You can do that job until you you're, I mean, okay. probably not like 80 because then that's I didn't know a, if they were like strict about that. Like, no, the, 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 no, no, no. They standards. So, uh, different properties, different things. Uh, okay. But yeah, but no, there are older people who do do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but with that being said, I walked by Casa Fuente and they had like sheer stuff over their bra and underwear. So I was like, hmm, they're more covered than me. Let me go see if I can get in here. And they did. They were hiring. So 
I got on and they were like, here, you have to learn all of this. I'm like, what the hell is that? And they were like, I was like, this is a cigar place. Oh my God, the smell. Oh, I can't. <laughs> I didn't know now you were like, me. yeah, I was an anti. I just, you just didn't work. I wasn't a smoker. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want, I was a fitness model at that point. Like I was yeah. making extra money on the side doing that shit. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. So no, yeah. but anyway, so I worked there for about eight months and then for me, I still didn't want to smoke it. I liked the t- the growing. I like oh, yeah the science. Behind, yeah, yeah, I like the science background. So like for me, it was like oh, I can, you know, I looked at it like this. Right, I'm in college. I'm trying to make money. That was like food. Like if you were to work at a restaurant, like I was a bartender, right? Like mm-hmm. I never really served a lot of food, but I worked at bars that had food. Food adds on to your bill, which creates a bigger check, which you get oh, a bigger, bigger tip. tip. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh. So do cigars. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Uh, I looked at it like food. So I wanted to learn everything I could about it so that I would be educated, smart, understand it. They could talk to me about it, which created a dialect, which created relationships. And I made more money. That yeah. was my end game. Wow. I wanted to make some dough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I made a lot of money. You were an effective salesperson. Yes, I was. And yes. understanding the product was yes. what it sounds like. Well, a hundred percent, because if you don't understand your product, how can you sell it? Yeah. Yes. And it, at that point I wasn't like a smoker. Like I would, I'd puff one here, or there and be like, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, and get lightheaded, <laughs> whatever. Anyway. Um, then I finished my degree. I go work at Pfizer for a year and a half being miserable, hate my life, whatever. I leave, I leave Pfizer and I go back home to Rhode Island and uh, a cigar bar was looking for a bar manager. And I was like, well, I need money, right? So this is how I know how to make money. So I went, applied. It was a cigar bar. I was like, oh, I can do this. I work yeah, there. I, work, kinda, yeah. I kinda know, I can kinda get around. And I started working there. Wow. And it was called Cigar Masters mm-hmm. um, Providence. We had the oldest cigar shop in Boston, or one of. Um, They're all closed now. They all went, oh. they, well, they didn't go tits up, but one was sold, Boston was sold, Providence mm-hmm. was sold, and then, Sold to a bar and they don't do tobacco, so yeah, whatever. So died, huh? yeah, Sean worked there too, huh? So I I hired Sean. <laughs> Did you really? Yes, oh, I hired man. Sean. I hired um, what's the other one's name over there? The one that's out of Florida. Hmm. Um, the heck's his name? For Bestie G, you work? No, he doesn't work. Oh, okay, I think he's. Oh yeah, he he. I don't know. I don't remember. Oh my god, he's gonna be pissed if he oh, listens no. to us. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I yeah. hired a whole bunch of people. Wow. Yeah. So, um, Jeremy Soares, who used to work. I've heard of Jeremy. I don't okay. know him though. <laughs> so he's he's great. Everybody has mixed opinions about that guy, but he's wonderful. I love him to death. Yeah. He hired me at. Uh, actually, no, he didn't hire me. Freaking John, who works for Kristoff out of Vegas. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't I'm know totally blanking yeah. on his last name, which he'll also slap me for. Yep. Um, anyway, he hired me originally at uh, Cigar Masters uh, Providence, okay. and then he ended up leaving, and I ended up taking his position. But anyway, Jeremy Soares and I worked together, but Jeremy left to go work at my father's cigars as a sales manager out in New England. Okay. And so while I ran cigar shops, he did that side. But he's epic, but he actually owns um, – a cigar shop out in the Northeast in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, which is beautiful. Okay. But then I worked for Kirk Kendall. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that was probably the best sales experience that I have ever gotten in my in my career until now. Um, the way that Kirk Kendall handles like the consumer end, he's epic. Like he's just great. Like yeah. everybody loves him. He's a humble guy, even though he's, oh, he's super sweet. Yeah, like, yeah I met him. We've carried seven twenty four cigars. That's yeah, his brand. yep. And then yeah. I I work for seven twenty four cigars, working at the trade shows and stuff, and kind of doing some business for him. But I was running one of his stores, so 
I worked for him for a few years. Cigar Masters was in trouble. They asked me to come back. I came back and then ran it for like a year and a half where I got burnt out and I wanted to go surf in California and I left there. And then I ended up running uh, the lounge that I left or left to come to Drew Estate, which was Vintage Cigar Lounge and Club in Westerly. And okay. they're phenomenal. I love them. They're like my family. So um, they're still there. They're rocking and rolling. They're beautiful bar, everything. Like they have the best brown water bar, obviously, because oh. I set it up. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It's totally like, yeah, any any bourbon, whiskey, scotch, anything you think you can't get, you can get it there. Wow. So, And they have a giant humidor. It's one of the bigger ones in uh, New England because New England's known for a lot of cigar bars, but okay. not a lot of footprint for the humidor. It's okay. not like what you have. It's yeah, we're not, opposite. Like, you all are, cigar, no alcohol. Yes, <laughs> but, but you have a giant footprint. Yeah. Like, they're a big footprint for a bar yeah, yeah so yeah. but they have all brands just like you know most people but yeah now to ask you about your your trip to uh Pura, Pura, yeah Pura yeah, yeah. yeah how well, was you that you say it in, in your well, spanish you, you asked me about before we came on do i, do I speak spanish <laughs> yeah and i'm like well uh i'm what's they i'm what they consider a you ever heard the term no sabo kid <laughs> yes so i grew up with you know obviously hispanic parents I learned Spanish young, but I forgot a lot of it growing up. Wow. So, like, my grammar is, like, so bad. So, no sabo. It should be yo no sé. Like, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. But, like, the no sabo means I, I'm conjugating it wrong because <laughs> I butcher it. Yeah. So, I can kind of get around, but I'm definitely not proficient. In fact, when I try to go, like, to, like, Spanish or Latin restaurants or Mexican restaurants, I'll they, try to speak Spanish. Uh-huh. And I guess they can tell my gringo accent. They're like... No, we're speaking to you in English. Yeah. I'm like, oh, man, I want to practice. That's funny, because yeah, they yeah. try with me. They try I, to speak I, Yes, because Spanish I'm doing Babbel, because I want to be proficient okay. by the next year when I go back to Pierre mm. Sabor. I want to be able to speak Spanish. Okay. Not necessarily like you don't need this. I want it for myself, because yeah. there are so many people from all over the country that speak all these different languages. And I was like, there was like a few people there that had multiple languages under their belt. And that's something that I'm deficient in, and I want to learn, and I will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so with that being said i am doing babble so i try i'm like you know how far are you into it babble ah you know i'm there so you, you're, you're starting it you know? I, I mean but uh i feel like when i was in nicaragua for pure sabor i I I could I picked it up faster. Yeah, yeah. Soon as you leave and you start, it, it just goes you gotta away. Be in it. You gotta you be have immersed to. In it. Yeah. So I yeah. started watching like Telemundo, nice. so that I yeah, can yeah. kind of understand like mm-hmm. just the the way to speak it because mm-hmm. there's a lot of different ways to speak a certain language like you know there's i live in austin texas which uh, you know down we have the valley which borders mexico and they speak different spanish than say like a dominican does or a puerto rican or a person from spain like every dialect is different so i try and my 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 valley accounts love it because they all speak fluent obviously and because they're all mexican and they're like trying to help me so sometimes they won't even talk to me in english so nice. i'll try to yeah, put an forcing, order in. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're forcing me to do it i'm like if i mess this up it's your fault and yeah, they're yeah. like no <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh man well, that's awesome that they're helping you out oh you yeah know? it is good but back to pure sabor so yeah so I, what is that what is that for people who don't know it is a nicaraguan cigar festival okay it has been on for 12 years next year will be 13 it's um, it's basically like all the manufacturers that are in Nicaragua, you can go, uh, like go on tours, right? Like okay. you can go see it and blah, blah, blah. But you don't go through like Drew Estate. 
to get the ticket. It's put on by like the it's supported by the manufacturers, but it's put on by uh, the Priorisabor group, oh, okay. which is affiliated with some of like like Rubio. Rubio works for us at Drew Estate, but he's also like the little we call him the mayor of Italy. Oh, but nice. anyway, he's not. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's put on by, you know, people that are Nicaraguan and Basically, you can get a ticket. I don't know when they go on sale, but let me tell you, as soon as they do, if you don't buy it, because they limit it, it's either oh. 250 or 300 people, and that's it, because it's small. And it's meant to be small because- They the, want it to be intimate. They huh? want it to be yeah. intimate. And like if you go on this trip, it is phenomenal. It, wow. I was, I, I, I loved it. Like- for the, for the one aspect, if you go on a group tour with like a manufacturer- Awesome. You're right. going to get intimate time too because, you know, whatever. You're there with them. You're not going to get to see five different manufacturers. You're going to mm -hmm. maybe see one or two, maybe three, but typically one or two. Yeah, just that right? one. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes they'll take you to other properties. Yeah, yeah. Like for Drew Estate, because we don't grow tobacco, we take you to, like, Hoya de Nicaragua is our sister company. We'll take you to their fields if we have time and their factory. So you get to see more than one. Okay. But some of the other companies, yeah, you, well, Placencia, you would be able to see their factory and they're growing. But yeah, it's one company. So anyway, um, but you get to see all these manufacturers and you don't see them in groups of 40 or 30 or 15. Wow. Sometimes the group is six to like 12 people. And so you get real time with these people and you get real, real feedback. Like you can ask mm. in-depth questions and like, you know, uh, like certain, certain every, so every factory. Every little minutia. Yeah. Everybody has their yeah, own can, thing. Yeah. Everybody, every, uh. every Every tour I went on who grew tobacco, growing tobacco is the same way that we've been doing it since the 1800s, right? Mm -hmm. So probably before that. But anyway, but each each manufacturer does something different to make their tobacco stand out, right? Like, so, mm. you know, Oliva Tobacco Growing Company, they are big testing. Like, they test diseases in the seeds and the plants and how that affects certain plants and and all kinds of stuff. So they do more of like, well, they don't do, just do that. They grow tobacco too, but they grow tobacco for everybody. Right. But they do a lot of testing. So that's like their niche. Like they have this, the, they call him the seed guy and he's been doing, uh, testing. I think that would be like the semi or something like that. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. Okay, you try yeah, it. Yeah. I'm not going to fumble. Yeah. But seed I'm not guys. there yet on, yeah. on my babble. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know if they call him that, but. Well, he's only seeds. Like he oh, only wow. sits. He's he does he does testing, mitating. Uh, What's mitating? Like when you put two seeds together and you mitate them, so they oh, they like breed a hybrid, together. like like a hybrid. Yeah, but the actual process is mitating. So what? Yeah, oh, I'm gonna have to look into that. Yeah, but huh. it's go back to what do you call it? It's um, like when genetics 101, huh, I guess. Yeah, like, but what is it when uh, the flowers? Like like it's the same as any like grafting. Kinda? No, no, oh. you would you would like. In a in a microscope, like you would finally, because you can't. I mean, you could see a seed, but like you would. Yeah, take those tobacco them apart. seeds are tiny. Yeah. Oh yeah, they are. Yeah. <laughs> They're like like a pinhead. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's super small. Um, but anyway, you would you would basically genetically pull them apart and put another one in there and oh. have them breed together. But it takes oh. years of practice and time, and he does all of it. He tests everything like he tests it was so cool like i i could go on and on and on but oh you could spend some time with him just asking i did yeah, nerd, yeah. Nerd people questions. are yeah. like okay okay cool this yeah. is awesome i'm like but wait yeah, yeah. <laughs> why yeah, yeah. <laughs> let me see your testing and like he did he yeah. showed us like how he tests certain things and mm -hmm. how he could pull ph level by like just using um 
So, which I found out, which I thought was weird, in Nicaragua and Esteli specifically, you are not allowed to use drones unless you get uh, permission from the government. What? So, like, you know how, like, you could field test, like, I'm sure farmers in America use it where they can use, like, crop testing. They can actually pull the pH levels and stuff from drones. Yeah. And they just go over. So it's not manhandled. They could do it in a second. They can you know survey the property and and do it in a day and maybe take of a mineral co composition and analysis the entire thing oh, from a drone wow but in Nicaragua you can't do that <laughs> you have to have permission from the government to use drones so okay. um with that being said everything is done manually by mm. labor so um it takes a little bit longer but they get it done and they know what they're doing and they know what to look for and they know how to test now so like but they've been doing this testing for 25 40 I think it's like 40 40 some odd years yeah, yeah. he's been with this 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 growing company and then one of my other great takeaways was placentia and placentia uses earthworms to create organic material the earth oh, like cool. the like the soil um to use probably enriches on, it huh well it's so so he yes he, he uses the shit out of earthworms because they process it right and it eventually becomes organic material after they process the same shit that they're in mm -hmm. Um, over and over and over again and which is funny because like if you go to like what we deem as organic in america there's so many different fda bullshit regulations yeah. not, not it's very difficult to get something there are a lot of different standards yeah no but there's the, like there's this organ standard yes, this it's, other it's yeah it's, it's all over the place yeah, yeah but if you we don't even know where we get our food products from i will go that will be a whole other i know we'll <laughs> I to, yeah, discuss crazy. That. Yeah. <laughs> but when he takes the what he calls from the the earthworm's poo, he calls it black gold. And I said, oh, Ernesto, like, you can't say that because black gold in Texas is oil. Oh. He goes, well, this is my oil, girl. <laughs> I was like, oh, nice. shit, yes. Nicaraguan oil. Oh, yeah, and he has... He treats these earthworms like we treat humans, like. But he also treats his humans good as no, well. I know, but yeah, I know what you mean. He, he has a reverence for this this other yes, species. You know? Yes, he's and and again, he does it for his bees. Like he oh, he makes wow. honey on the side. It's his own thing because he's a farmer. Like I'm a master beekeeper, so I, I totally get it. Like oh, I love it. Like the pollination and all kinds of stuff. Like he's he's a farmer. Like that's what he loves. Like yeah. he loves the end product, and he's glad mm. that everybody smokes his cigars. But what he is enjoying is what I enjoyed when I first got in this industry, which is the ground, the, oil, the soil, the, 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 the chemistry, the, the mm -hmm. science, just the love of the, the earth because that's, yeah. that's what comes, that's a flavor. Yeah, like yeah. that's where you're getting all your flavor is from that ground. It's not the plant. It's mm -hmm. where it's grown. You know, I mean, obviously seeds do take flavor profiles sure. and so forth and so on, but whatever. So It's the environment, right? It's the yeah. environment, yeah. Mm -hmm. And to that regard, he, Ernesto, plants flowers all over. I mean, and he's a fifth generation tobacco grower. So 138 years people, right. That he's been growing tobacco, but so he has, I mean, massive, massive growing farms, like shaded, not shaded, whatever. And he doesn't just have it in, in Nicaragua. He also has it in Honduras as well. Um, or Ecuador, one of the two, but, um, or maybe both, but anyway, his, he, plants flowers everywhere so that his people 
like his workers, his laborers will come and they don't have to look at a shitty barn. They don't have to look at a broke mm. down or just a field. They can see a flower. Yeah, so they don't feel yeah. like it's they're not going- an, indi- an, an industrial setting. It's- yes. Part of the world, part yes, of nature. Yes, and yeah. it's pretty. Yeah. Yes. I'm sure that helps, like people's like make like their outlook or their for sure. mental health. Yeah. Yeah, that's what huh. he he thinks. So, oh. and his I don't know if it was his wife or his sister in law because I can't remember because I saw a lot of people that yeah. week. You get bombarded, but yeah. they have a school on their property for all of their workers. So similar to Drew Estate, Drew Estate, we actually have our own health care. We bus our people in um, from wherever they are. Like we take care of our people. We pay them more than most of the other companies do so with um that being said they have a school like his sister-in-law or his wife or whomever i think it was his sister-in-law has a school for all the children and all the children made us like little bags with their handprints on it and they wrote us hand cards it was just a wonderful it was a wonderful experience Mm -hmm. it was it was obviously you're learning about tobacco and that black gold that those earthworms are shitting out which he takes care great care of um but he takes great care of his people. So, yeah. like, there were other factories that I will not name that I was disappointed. Mm-hmm. I was completely disappointed. It looked like it looked like a like what do you call it? A, like industrial kind of like depressing. Yes, the, the the factory was jamming out. They were busy because it's a big manufacturer. But the it's the like end, no soul or no like, soul. Everybody wasn't smiling. Yeah. Like if you go oh. into certain factories and people are oh. happy and, and and they have like mm-hmm. mats to stand on or seats, right? Like yeah. those are like things that you don't think about. But I think about them because I that's where I am. Like mm-hmm. that's how I mm-hmm. think. And when I walked into this factory, there was trash all over the place, and it wasn't like trash. Like you know, they're busy, so there it yeah, is yeah. dirty. So but no mats so like cluttered. Yeah, no mats. They're on top of each other. Everybody's miserable. It's hot, you know. So I can't imagine when it's peak season in summer, when it's oh, 105 sorry. degrees, and these people are. I I just I I felt bad, you know. And oh. nobody smiled. Everybody's miserable. I won't name that factory's name, oh. but I thought, wow, they don't even have like a seat, nothing. So hmm. anyway, but then you go to other factories like Ernesto's or Hoya de Nicaragua, where the people are happy and you can tell they're in, you know, they're sitting. Yeah. They have, you know, they just... They have nice to- amenities. That, like yeah, you said, maybe totally we, we overlook, but yeah. it makes a difference. Yep, Drew Estate. So, like, one thing I took, around, uh, took home from Drew Estate, Drew Estate has, um, when I first went to Drew Estate years ago, like 20... 20- Oh seven, I don't know. Some it was a long time ago. Anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they had seven women that would roll Liga. We are now at twenty eight and one guy. Oh wow! <laughs> so a guy made it in. Wow! <laughs> but now. I thought that was like growth, right? Like I've been with mm-hmm. this company for six years. I was a retailer, dis- you know, selling them for mm-hmm. years prior. So to see their growth and just like a company that told, you know, everybody told Jonathan Drew he would never amount to shit. Mm-hmm. Really? Like, you, mm-hmm. What are you crazy? Oh, I've heard the stories. Yeah. Like him getting kicked out of the shops uh, yeah. in the beginning. A hundred percent. They were like, I'm not selling your shit. No. We don't even know what's in it. And, no. you know, blah, 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 blah. Well, come to look the growth period, right? Like it's yeah, just yeah. amazing to see companies grow like that yeah. like hoya as well hoya's always maintained they make cigars for everybody they make cigars for themselves yeah they're and like the classical they are like cigar the company. oldest cigar Latin, making yeah. yeah they're the oldest cigar mm-hmm. making company in nicaragua yeah, yeah. so they've been there over 50 plus five six years yeah mm-hmm. so it's just different like yeah. everybody had their own pull away like so, culture and like yes. value system yeah or, and yeah. you would see it like so you would get like different feels from different people and then you know so i just thought it was really interesting because like you know, I've been doing this a long time. So for me, I get a little monotonous in my, in my, my 
my job, yeah, right? Like day, everybody yeah. does, right? Yeah. And like I'm yeah. very open and transparent with my company, so this isn't going to get me fired. And if it does, I might come ask you for a job. Yeah, <laughs> hey, you could be a great host here. Yeah, yeah. But um, no, I mean, and you're being transparent, but like still a great ambassador for your company. Oh yeah, and I yeah. love people like you in, that work the industry in a way that you're trying to educate. Maybe As, beginners or yeah. even veterans that they just didn't have this kind of extra insight. You yeah, know? yeah. And I think the more transparent you are with my retailer mm -hmm. and my consumer, or, mm -hmm. or your consumer, but the world, yeah, it's everybody's consumer, yeah. one in one. A cigar right? smoker, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, the, the, I don't have to lie. Like, I don't yeah, have to, right. you know, make yep. up a story you don't and feel then remember. Yeah, or you're peddling like, something that you don't believe hell in. Hell no. Yeah. And that's another thing. Like, mm -hmm. it took me a long time to come to this side of the business. I was a retailer for way longer than I've been on this side. Okay. And it took me that long because I wasn't one ready as a person to like do it and also, or yeah, personally. And then also, like, I'd only work for two brands. Like, I, I'm, I wouldn't. I would only work for Drew Estate or Davidoff. Like, this is years ago, but like, I would, those are the only two companies that I would have yeah. ever worked for. Being a retailer and seeing how they worked, seeing their portfolio and, and mm -hmm. how they could manipulate things. And, you know, those are the only two companies. And like, I was just lucky enough that Drew Estate, you know, needed someone and my ass got hired. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, I can I can attribute you've been awesome for us. Like I love oh, having you. you come here. You're so happy all the time. Always, and, yeah. You know? Except when I get in my car, then I go, motherfucker. Yeah. No, yeah. not you, but <laughs> yeah. just in general, I got to drive yeah. in traffic. Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh, yeah. And if you're around here, we don't have to tell you Baton Rouge traffic's like the worst. Well, it is bad, but it's not as bad as Austin, really, or Houston. Hmm. Hail. Well, I know there's a lot no. more people there. It's just our infrastructure is just not set up. For the yeah, population, there so there's gridlock all the time here. Come to Austin. Same? Come to oh, Austin man. for I need to go. I want to go. Five hours. Yeah. <laughs> Drive oh, on 35. You'll get nowhere for five oh, hours. <laughs> oh, Oof. yeah. It's the same. It's a similar setup. Like, yeah. the infrastructure wasn't meant for all these mm. people. And so, and, you know, Austin is the capital of Texas, which I always think Dallas is. But Houston was. Do you know that? Houston was the original capital. Oh, wow. And then, again, like, huh. I do a lot of research. Yeah. Um, Houston was the capital, I don't remember, maybe in like 1950, 20s. I don't know when it switched, but then they switched it to Austin. I was like, that's odd. Yeah. But anyway, but yeah, so Austin, it wasn't built for all that. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, look, I know you're short on time. I don't want to keep you, I could keep going. Um, I know you got appointments and you're always like full in your calendar. So I, I, I got to stop it here, unless you want to keep okay. going. But well, I appreciate yeah, yeah, yeah. it. You gotta go. I, I mean, I'm a little late. She'll be fine, but yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Well, tell her I, it was my fault. So I will. you can blame me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I will. Yeah. I'm transparent. Yeah. Well, before you go, I got a final segment. If yes. you would uh, help me, yeah. it's a lightning round. So, like, just quite quick question and answer. All right. Number oh one Tabasco, Crystal, or other hot sauce? Crystal. Okay. Number two, um, favorite vacation destination? Oof, that's difficult. I don't know. Okay. I uh, mm, uh, mm, anywhere I'm on vacation. Yeah, anywhere. Okay, good. Uh, number three. Uh, who would you want to smoke a cigar with, alive or deceased? It could be anyone. Avo. Avo, nice. Mm, okay. Yeah, he was always at Corona. Yeah. And I was in Florida once. I met him, but he was on his way out, and I didn't get there early enough uh, to go have a cigar with him. Was that at the Orlando trade show? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I, was, I, that's, I think that's when I saw him is at the Orlando, maybe. 
Well, yeah, it would have been because yeah, he that was died. 2012. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but no, I for seven twenty four cigars, we were um, trying to infiltrate the Florida market, so I went down there with Kurt and we went to Corona. And you saw Jeff. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah well, yeah. Jeff Borchwich is yeah. actually the part yeah. owner of Twenty Acre yep. Farm, which we distribute, mm-hmm. what well, we make and distribute, but it's delicious. But, yeah. um, but yes, um, no, we did not meet Jeff. Actually, we met his managers when I was with Seven Twenty Four. But okay. now I know him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, number four. Okay, for cigar industry people, I ask. It's a two part. Uh, Desert Island cigar that you would only smoke from your portfolio, and then Desert Island cigar from another any other manufacturer. Oh, uh, my gosh. I don't know. I'm up for mine. It's yeah, yeah, either for UF, UF13 or Liga 10. Okay. I love the Anniversario. I can smoke that little shitter all day. Nice. But L40, I haven't had in so long, and I love, I don't know. So it has to be three. I love L40 because okay. I have my Lancero chick. So that's good, too. So some sort of LP or, or Yes, 10. but my everyday cigar is Herrera Esteli Habano. Okay. Yeah, it's my love. And I love then it. another manufacturer outside your estate. Ooh, God. Well, I don't know. Like, I just, you know, um, I've always been a huge Tatuaje fan. Okay. But I've also been a huge Illusion fan. (laughs) So, like, their little Rothschilds. Oh, yeah, it's classic. I buy those on Mm -hmm. a reg. So, because they're quick and they're different than what I have in my portfolio. But I do do a lot of tats. Oh, my God. I don't know. Now I'm into Placencia. I don't know. (laughs) too hard i don't know i smoke everybody's shit send them to me just send me your cigars i'll smoke them yeah nice (laughs) and then number last one who would you want to see here on a future podcast episode Hmm. another female in the industry okay because there's not i I mean there's a lot of us now Mm -hmm. like when i first started there was probably two (laughs) and usually they were brand ambassadors and they're out there you know more selling their body than they are selling their brain Mm -hmm. um there are people out there still doing that now which i'm not knocking it that's not what i'm saying i'm just that's not what i want to see in this industry i want to see a woman use her brain and and her own ability besides Mm -hmm. her body to sell herself right like or to even be in this industry just doing whatever like capacity like actually drew estate on my team we call us the west coast best coast we have all females except for two boys well we have we had a boy. We don't know if we're getting another boy or a girl, but whatever. We have yeah. one boy, and then the rest are females. And we crush all of the other yep. markets in my company. Nice. Like West Coast is the best coast. Sorry, New England. Sorry, Central. We win. <laughs> <laughs> well, though, to your point, I mean, and I think there are more females. Obviously, a lot of the cigar rollers needed well, more yeah. people behind the scenes. But even like some of these brand owners aren't anything without their ladies. I mean, yep. our industry's actually always been very pro-woman it's just i think from the end consumer side in america it's still seen as like male dominated activity which i never you know for me i'm a greedy businessman i want yes. everyone to smoke yes know? which is funny so the the biggest um consumer growing market is women mm. and it's black women to be mm-hmm. specific like mm-hmm. those girls are coming out here they're coming out here strong they're going into shops and yeah. they're not feeling that pressure yeah or that know? intimidation or, no yeah, yeah, yeah. and so i love I, seeing that yeah. i want to see more women i don't care mm-hmm. what color you are our race or creed or whatever yeah, i don't oh. care he she it whatever you go by yeah. come on and smoke and like have a good conversation because if you come into a shop like Habana Port, you are going to find uh, a plethora of people that are either like-minded, not like-minded, but you're all going to have a common bond, which is the cigar, mm-hmm. which is the leaf, right. and y'all are going to have a good time, and you're going to learn shit you you didn't think you would ever learn, yeah, you know, yeah. like 
it's this this industry is that it's mm-hmm. family a lot of bickering it's like high school you yeah, know yeah. we got a lot of gossip or sibling rivalry yes, you, know? Yeah, you yeah. know but it's a wonderful yeah. wonderful industry even if you're not working in it if you're participating in it as a consumer just go to your local shop and you know spread the love yeah, yeah. <laughs> well with that thank you so much Jane Lynn. i appreciate you. your time thank you all very right. much you're I always invited it. next time yeah. <laughs> or whatever yeah Woo-hoo, i'm exactly. in yeah you're in all right guys take care